This morning, I thought it would be appropriate for us, coming right off of our participating in communion, to share a message from the book of Hebrews today. Uh, And I've titled this message, We're in This Together. We are in this together. Hebrews chapter 10. Now, some of you may not know what the book of Hebrews is all about. The book of Hebrews is written to a group of uh, Jewish people who converted from Judaism to Christianity. They accepted Jesus as the Messiah. And there was a large segment of them, because of the persecution they were facing, and because of some of the challenges that they were facing, there were a number that were tempted to leave Christianity, to leave following Jesus, and go back to the old way of Judaism. And so the book of Hebrews, and there's 13 chapters in the book of Hebrews, the whole book is all about trying to demonstrate to those that would listen that Jesus' sacrifice was the real deal. That's kind of my paraphrase there. And that we need each other to live this thing out. And that's why I've chosen this today. We're in this together. I want to point out that, uh, or at least mention today, that churches all across America have taken a bit of a hit in the last 18 months for different reasons. Um, by, and, and I've never really measured our percentage, but it, it's, it's average to say that most churches are only seeing about 60% of the people that they used to see before COVID, we even knew what COVID was, okay? Now, I'm thankful that we have uh, our live stream ministry here at this church. And we are able, because we have some people with some health issues and some health concerns that prevent them from being able to be here in person. They would love to be here. And so we're able to minister this way to them. In fact, we, we should welcome our online guests right now. Should we do that? In fact, you're not guests. You're our church. And it's wrong for me to call them guests because we have people that are so dedicated. And, and, and we got people in Tennessee and, and Florida and Texas and, and California who watch us every single Sunday and every single Wednesday. So this, this thing that we did when I pulled Keith aside and we were figuring out, okay, we're, we're entering into this COVID thing, whatever this is, we better, we better do something about this, but we better do it well. We need to do it well. And I knew if I put it in his lap, it would get done well. And it has his whole his whole, <laughs> the, the whole Carpenter family, and that includes Marty uh, also. They just rock this thing so incredibly. So now we've got this hybrid church. We, we've got the in-person crowd. And if you're able to get here in person, please do. Because let me, let me say this. This isn't even in my notes, but here we go. Let, let me say this, okay? These cameras 
are not a substitute. They're an alternative. Okay? And I'm going to demonstrate with the scriptures why we need to be in this thing together, whether we are part of the online congregation or we are part of the in-person congregation. Some of you, I've only seen like a few times in the last year and a half, and it's great to see you again. Some of you I've seen every week, and I'm getting a little tired of you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I just want to see if you're listening. Okay, get a little sick. No, uh, it's great. It's great to have us all together. It's great to have us all together. But this dynamic, this church, it's about way more. It's about way more than showing up and getting sung to and getting preached to and getting entertained. And if we're not careful, we will treat the church that way. Entertain me, Bubba. What points or what letters do your points start with today? And, and fine, I'll play that game with you. But, but there's a whole lot more to this than just Sunday, starting at 10 until whenever I decide to quit talking. We're in this together. We, we, that the importance of church is this. The importance of connection, whether it be online or in person, is this. That we're helping, we're, we're doing life together. We're helping each other together. We're in this together. And we need to be there for each other. And Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 19, talks about that. If you're able to, why don't you stand with me in honor of God's word? I want to read these verses to you and show you what I mean. This morning, I'm going to read these verses from the New Living Translation. And if you don't, uh, if you don't have a Bible with you, you could follow along on the screen. We'll have all of our scriptures on the screen for you as well, both online and in person. So verse 19 says this, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We are in this together. Would you pray with me, Jesus? I ask you that you would speak to us through your word and God inspire us to maybe see this whole dynamic a little bit differently. So Lord, I ask you that you would touch every person under the sound of my voice, that your word would come alive and Lord, that you do a great work. And it's in Jesus' name we ask this and we all said amen. Amen, you may be seated. We are all in this together. We are in this together. 
you have never been expected, I'll say it again, you have never been expected to be a Christian in exile. You have never been expected. In fact, I will go as far as to say it is contrary to God's word for us to feel like we can live out this whole Christianity thing isolated from other people. Isolated from a body of believers. This dynamic is important. It's important to your children. It's important to your grandchildren. It's important to you. It's important to your family. And may I say it's also important to your church family. We need each other. I've been at this church for more than 20 years, and the variety of personalities that God has blessed this church is amazing. A little weird sometimes, but it's amazing. (laughs) Including me. We got the talkers, we got the quiet people, we got the boisterous people, we got the shy people. If I ask everyone to shake hands and, and welcome their neighbor, there are a select few, a remnant, if you will, that run to the bathroom. Not because you have to go to the bathroom, but because you don't want to touch another person's hand. You don't want to, you, you just, I want to be alone. So I, and all of us together, we make up the body of Christ. We have people who are wealthy and people who are not wealthy. We have people in great health and we have people who are not in great health. We have people that are athletes and people that can't be athletic. We, we have people that are geniuses in this room. And, we have, and, and, and then we have people that maybe you're not book smart, but the wisdom that you have is pretty amazing. We have people here that come from broken homes like me. We have people that come from uh, steady homes uh, like some of you in here. We have different nationalities, different ethnicities, different attitudes, different beliefs, different political persuasions. And God brings us all together in this beautiful thing called the church. It's amazing. And I am fully convinced that the church is still the number one way by which God reaches this earth. I truly believe that. So I believe that this whole dynamic is something that we should take very seriously. And when I talk about church, again, I... I don't believe it's just one person, the pastor, that does all the ministry, and then I hope I can entertain you on Sunday morning. That's not church. That, that's not God's plan. It's got to be better than that. In our text, I want you to see, or maybe, maybe you didn't catch it, but there are a number of times that the phrase, let us, is used. Almost called the sermon, Pass the Lettuce. That, yeah. <laughs> Look at me. Do I eat salads? No, okay. Cake? Yes. But I thought, okay, all right, this is interesting. 
let us do this. Let us do that. Let us, let us. And I thought, we should isolate these statements, these four statements, and see what the author of Hebrews, underneath the, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, feels that we, let us, us is plural, by the way. He didn't say, let you do this. Let us, together. We're in this together. So together, let us do the following four things. I want God to inspire you to embrace these statements. Number one, let us enter. Let us enter. Now look at verse 22 again, when we say let us enter. Verse 22 says this, Let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting Him. Look at this next part. This is what I want to camp out on. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. See, here's the deal. The church, the church is not just for the people who have never made any mistakes. (laughs) Otherwise, our church would be empty. But we have some people in here, I'm sure, who maybe your testimony, what God has brought you from, looks quite a bit different than mine. I grew up as a church brat. Worst thing I ever did was run the scissors. Okay? And God called me out of <laughs> running with scissors. And, uh, but then there's, there's, uh, there are others that God has called and pulled from uh, addiction, and deep addiction. God has called some people out of lives of sin and rebellion and, and, and disobeying the Lord. And I will even say that, you know, I don't stand before you as one who is perfect. I, I have my hang-ups and my issues as well. And thank God that the blood of Christ sets me free from all that. Can you say amen? But here's the beauty of this verse, is that we enter we come into God's presence. We go to church together. And if you've got some baggage, come on in. If you don't have any baggage, your baggage is the fact that you don't think you have any baggage. Come on in. If you've made some mistakes, come on in. Come on in. Why? Because the blood of Jesus covers all of that. I don't know if I want those kind of people, whatever your pet sin is, I don't know if we want those kind of people coming to our church. Oh, we do. We do. We do. Because Jesus died for that person. Jesus went to a cross for that person. Jesus offers forgiveness for that person. And so we say, come on in. Because no longer, no longer, does that person have to live with a guilty conscience because the blood of Jesus Christ sets us free from not only our sin, but listen, he cleanses our guilty consciences as well. Some of you aren't getting this. Some of you have been freed from your sin, but you haven't let Jesus free you from your guilty conscience. And see, when Jesus forgives and when Jesus does his work, He does the whole thing. He brings you the whole deal. So not only does he forgive you of sin, but he also sets you free from the shame. 
He sets you free from the guilty conscience. He sets you free from all of it. So regardless of background, regardless of how well or how badly your relationships have gone here on earth, Jesus says, come on in. Because under the blood of Jesus Christ, we're all cleansed. Let me put it this way. We need to remember what God remembers and forget what God forgets. We need to remember what God remembers. But let's forget what God forgets. If he has set you free, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. And so I choose not to remember who you were before Jesus because that has been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And now, now, we come together as a bunch of imperfect people and we come together and we worship him. Let us enter into his presence together. Can you say amen? Number two, let us endure. Not only let us enter, but let us endure. Let us endure. Verse 23, the author of Hebrews says this, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the faith that God has given us. My question is, how do we respond when somebody loses their grip? Let's hold tightly to our faith, okay? But what do we do? What do we do when there was somebody that we never would have believed that they would have failed, or we never would have believed that they would have made a mistake, or it's the other way around, they made a mistake again? How do we handle somebody in the body of Christ who loses their grip from that very thing that they're supposed to hold tightly to? They lose their grip on their faith in God. What do we do? The church, capital C, not necessarily Bethel Church, but the church, capital C, has been guilty of kicking our wounded while they are down. Oh, you're not right with God. Well, boom, this should help you. Boom, that that does nothing. I should post about you on Facebook. No, that doesn't help either. Please think before you hit send. That was free. There you go. We, we talk about them. Or we, we distance ourselves. Oh my gosh, what is wrong with us sometimes? We, we distance ourselves from people that are struggling. Okay, people are going to struggle. There are going to be moments when people in this room and watching us online, we're not going to get it right. So church, how do we respond to that? What do we do with that? Do we, shun? we don't shun here. We don't shun. What do we do? Galatians chapter 6. 
says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back into the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. That's our response. See, if somebody is struggling spiritually, we, we, we don't say, well, I guess we just cut our losses. Hopefully someone else will come and take their place. That's, that's not Bible. That's not Bible. Well, I tried to reach out. They rejected me. Try again. Try again. Don't give up on a person that Jesus died for. Don't give up. I'm not saying that you've got to grab them by the neck, throw them against the wall, and start giving them the four spiritual laws. In fact, don't do that. But could it be that they just need someone who will love them with no strings attached? I have dear friends that were in the ministry and have made some bad choices. Bad choices. And I would watch as fellow ministers, same ordination as I have, they would just ignore these people. And I thought, what are we doing? What are we doing? And it wasn't above me or beyond me to buy that person lunch and talk to them when nobody else would. And to talk to them and just say, you know what? You are not your mistake. You are who you are in Jesus Christ. And yeah, there might be some consequences to your actions, but I'm going to walk with you until you're restored. Why? Galatians 6, 1 tells me to do that. We, we've, this is a lost art in the church. And it's actually a command of Scripture. If we see somebody struggling spiritually, we don't heap judgment on them. And no, we don't say, oh, that's okay. No, we keep our standards. We don't fall into the same temptation they've fallen into, but we reach out and we say, hey, come on. Come on, you know better. Okay, Uh, I love you. Uh, You're not very lovable right now. But I love you. Do you know that I had a girl in my first youth group? I'll never forget this. She was just being, you know, she was one of those people, kids. And I pulled her out and I said, you know, honey, what is up with you? She said, and looked at me and said, I hate your guts. I hate your guts, pastor. I never want to see you. I never want to come to this youth group again. I hate you. And I thought, okay, okay. So I said, I hate you too. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> of course not. Do you know why I said to her? I mean, and she is, she's all, you know, like four foot nothing. And she just, just giving me the business. And I just said, honey, Madeline, I love you. There is nothing you can do to me or say to me that's going to keep me from loving you. And if that drives you crazy, good and we left it at that do you know i baptized that girl a few months later Mm -hmm. now if i was insecure 
I would say, oh, she treated me bad. Or, or maybe that was just a girl that was hurting. And she was going to test just how genuine my love for her was by trying to make herself as unlovable as possible. I said, devil, you ain't winning this one. When someone loses their grip on the faith, how do we respond? We, 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 we can restore them. Why? Because we're in this together. We can help each other. We can help each other to keep on going when life's difficult. Some people, life has gotten messy and they've walked away from God. Okay, okay, we don't minimize your problem or your issue or your calamity or your trial. But we refuse to maximize it enough to say, okay, I guess you get a pass. Go ahead and walk away from God. No, no. We'll walk with you during the divorce. We'll walk with you during this job situation. We'll walk with you during this health crisis. We will walk with you during this trial. And if you struggle, we'll be there. Well, pastor, I don't know if I have the time for that. Then you're too busy. Because if you're a child of God, this is an expectation that God has for us to live in community and be there for one another. Was that too rough? I didn't think so. Number three, let us energize. I've chosen that word. Let us energize each other. Verse 24. I love this verse. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to do acts of love and good works. Wow. How can I motivate my brother or sister in Christ to do acts of love and good works? What can I do? I grew up in an age where it was easy to catch somebody doing something wrong. Especially with my brothers. They were terrible. I was the good one. I hope, I hope they're watching. I think we should really try to catch people doing something right. Catch people doing something right. Do you know, according to Hallmark, 90% of their customers want more choices, (laughs) more choices in greeting cards that will allow them to share support in unique ways during everyday real-life situations. So in other words, Hallmark is finding out that even their customers, they don't want to be limited to happy birthday, happy anniversary from the dog, happy sweetest day, which is not a holiday, uh, happy this, uh, you know, all the... But they're, they're saying, can you make some cards where we can just give some love to people for doing regular everyday stuff how funny is that because then i read this scripture and i think well that wasn't hallmark's idea that was god's idea how can we motivate one another to acts of love and good works i think we can (laughs) i think we can ask ourselves this question 
what might happen if we were deliberate about motivating each other to do great things for God? Some of you don't know the recent history of this church in the last couple decades. As you could tell, we are not a mega church. In fact, there's not a mega church in the city of Talmadge. There are a lot of churches. None of us are mega. What I've always loved about this church is that regardless of our church's size, we have been open enough to do great things for God. Do you realize, church, that the things that you do, see, a lot of you get this, the things that you do, there are some churches two, three, four times our size that would only dream of doing some stuff that this church does on a yearly basis. It's not because you have a great pastor. It's because we are a great church who are considering how might we motivate one another to do some great things for God. The devil doesn't really care how big our church gets. He does care about how united we get, and then once we do that, how strong we get, and then that's when we do some great things for the Lord. Small church, great church is what I say. People come in here during our annual giveaway and they say, I can't believe you all do this. And I look at them and say, I can't either. I really can't. <laughs> I had beautiful black hair before I started pastoring here, by the way. So. I said, I, I, I can't either. I, I, I stand amazed. I, I, sometimes I, I'm blown away by, by what God does in this church. Because all we need is to live that verse out. Let's motivate each other to great things for the Lord. Because we're in this together. If you think we're only relying on one or two celebrities or superstars or, or super pastors or super church people, no, it's all of us together. Then I'm going to close with this. Let us encourage let us encourage. We need each other. We need each other. Ralph, if you're available to help me, that'd be great. Look at verse 25. How many of you, like me, when you were a kid, this was the Bible verse that the old saints threw at you if you skipped church? Right? Just like, ooh forsake not the assembling of yourselves saying okay okay but i i think this is a whole lot more than the guilt trip for not going to church verse <laughs> that god put in hebrews 10:25 look what it says look carefully let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. One of the core values of this church, along with our, with our generosity, one of the core values of this church is our, is our compassion and our love for God and for each other and for our community.
You know, there have been moments I've walked into this building not really feeling it on a Sunday. But then I see my church family. One of you tells me that you pray for me. One of you just hugs me. You tell me that you love me. Do you have any idea how profoundly huge that is? All I did was hug him. Oh. See, we have people that walk in here all the time, they feel a little bit unlovable. Maybe because how society and culture has treated them in the last week. But when we come in here, when we're surrounded by the body of Christ, when, when we log out, you should see the chats that take place sometimes during the messages. We log on, we, we tell people on Facebook, we tell people in person, I'm praying for you. I love you. I need you. How are you doing? I saw a bunch of people, I don't know where he went, uh, get around John this morning. He was in the hospital just a few days ago. Here he is in the house of God. I couldn't even get to him because a bunch of you hogged him. There he is. It's all good. But to see, but to know that guy was in the hospital just a few days ago, and now here he is in God's house, and, and then to see you, a lot of our men getting around him and just saying, how are you doing? I thought, that's what, that's what this is about. That's what this is about. When some of you are going through some tough times and, and I see people walk from one side of the room to the other side, you, you've actually made, for some of you, a trip that is akin to the Israelites leaving Egypt and going to the promised land. You've actually gone from this side to that side. And, and what you've done, you, you've, you've made a point to pray for somebody because they were heavy on your heart. I didn't even have to say, go pray. You just did it. I've seen you love on my family over 20 years, and I don't think we fully understand the power of our words. I don't think we do. They're powerful. We, 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 we hear enough criticism out there, don't we? We hear enough nastiness. But see, we're in this together. And we will we'll encourage one another. We'll love. You don't even have to go through a crisis for, for us to encourage you. Just be present. Just be real. Just be authentic. golf league Wednesday night or Monday night Monday night Stan made his triumphant return the guy was mobbed by golfers I mean it was crazy I said <laughs> I see little Jen come up to him and just you know hug him you know he's just like he's way up there 
And, and I watched that take place, and I thought, that, that, that's it. That's it. That's it. We're not just going to church. We're, we're going to be the church. You see? And so, so we encourage. We love. And, and, and sometimes we won't get it, get it right. But if we can say, Lord, is, is there somebody that I could bless just with my words? You don't have to sing a song or play an instrument or preach a sermon, but... but but to go to somebody and just say, it's so good to see you. You might be the first person in a week or so that's told them that. Let us encourage. We are in this together. We are at a time in our culture that is very anti-church, anti-Jesus, anti-Bible, So we need each other. We need each other, warts and all, baggage. We we need each other. God's brought us together. That's what this is. That's what this is. It's not just me giving you four points that start with E. It's, it's, we be the church. Because nowhere did I say, let us get entertained. And I want to inspire you today. Don't just go to church. Be the church. Will you stand with me? I want to pray for you today. Because some of the stuff that I'm saying, I can see it in some of your faces. It's kind of out of your comfort zone. It's like, talk to people? Yeah. That's why God gave you a mouth. We could do this. I don't know I don't know a lot of people. Hi, my name is Phil. It's not hard. Let's be the church. Let's be the church. Maybe God's dealing with you about one of these verses, one of these let us verses that he gave us and could I challenge you as I pray for you? Just be brutally honest with God and just say, okay, God, I'm not good at this. God, I need help with this. God, I've been burned before. And and let me just say, sometimes we're going to get burned by people because people are people. But you keep on going. We do this together. We help the struggling. We Walk with those that are hurting. We encourage those that need encouragement, even if we don't realize that they need it. And my, what Jesus could do through this church, this online congregation, this in-person congregation, my, what God could do if we live this stuff out. So will you pray with me? Jesus, It's my desire that we would not just go to church, which is important, and we need it, but God, help us to be the church. So God, I pray that we would see that our role in this place is way more than occupying a chair. God, we we live this stuff out together. We 
we walk with each other together, even when one of us is not doing so well. God, we encourage one another. We love one another. We, we might just share a few words having no idea the difference that it might make. Lord, I pray that you would inspire within every single person in here, within the sound of my voice, Lord Jesus. God, inspire us to live this stuff out. And I ask you, Jesus, I ask you, Jesus, that we would know that we are doing life together. We're in this together because that's the way you've designed it. Now, Lord, go before us as we leave this place. I pray that we would hide your word in our hearts so that we might not sin against you and we would see your word transform us and change us on a regular basis. And we'll thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. If you want to stick around and pray some more, do so. If God's released you, you can consider yourself dismissed. We love you. We love you. God bless you.